You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Perth Property Show. My name's Trent Fleskins, your host. As always, this week, we have WA's top real estate agent, Shane Beaumont from RealMark, back in the studio. It's been a few months, mate. Great to see you, Trent. How you going? Very good. You just presented to your RealMark colleagues recently about how to be a really good sales agent. Yeah. What do you see as being the key tenets to winning at this game in a market like this where it's very different to a few years ago? Mm. A few years ago, you didn't have to be great at listing. Mm. You had to be really good at selling. Yeah. Now, you have to be really good at listing and it will sell itself a lot of the time. I've been fortunate enough to see a lot of good reps over the years and good business people. And I've just found that every conversation I'm having with people, when you just saw a buyer inquiry come through then, I want the person who calls me or the person on the other end of that conversation to be more informed than they were prior to that call. And business will tend to come to you, you build that trust and rapport as opposed to just being one of three agents. And some of the best referrals and leads we're getting now are not necessarily people that actually transact with me, but the people that have either inquired or dealt with us and then they're calling us back about other things and business flows from that. So giving, a bit like you do obviously with 882, you're actually giving knowledge and people, I think people want to know. What also verifies your knowledge. If you give knowledge, it means you've got it to give in the first place. How about data? It's a big thing changing these days as a real estate agent. There's a lot of data houses out there Mm. trying to own that data of the client you've worked so hard for in the first place. Mm. There's two ways of looking at it. One, you can see it as negative because there's only so much of the pie and people obviously eat into that. But I also think you can see it as positive to keep you on top of your game. If you bought a property from me three years ago, I don't own you. Any agent can deal with you. So it makes you, I guess, more aware of how important it is to keep those relationships strong. A bit like when people talk about, they refer to their chiropractor, their mm. doctor, their settlement agent, their accountant. You really want to be seen as their agent. Yeah. But I think for too long, real estate was just too transactional because the average selling years is maybe seven. I'd like to think that if someone brought from me today, even if they're not selling for six years, I don't stop speaking to them. I let them know what their asset is worth, what's happening, the trends, things they might not know. And again, that amplifies my business much more than I don't do bus stops or those sort of things. But that tends to create a following and a tribe because you're giving. You sell 200 properties a year. Is it possible to actually have a relationship and remember all these people after 10 years? You've dealt with 2,000 people formally and probably 10 times that informally. It is actually, believe it or not. I mean, I have systems in place for it. But from the moment a call comes in appraisal, my team, the first thing we do, save the person's details, save the type of property. So when I actually, whether we sell a record price for a four by two or we're starting to see a trend for development sites, I can communicate with them. I don't just blanket, just sold, just listed. I'm actually speaking to them about their situation. If you inquired about a a motorbike and I started seeing information on a caravan, you probably disengage pretty quickly. But if I'm actually giving you what's relevant to you, those relationships, and people pick up the phone and say, hey, Shane, I received that email. Can you tell me a bit more about that? They had no intentions of selling, job transfer, loss of job, loss of marriage, they're informed at come that time when they need to make a decision, they know who to speak to. Do you think the advent of those electronic direct mail mm-hmm. systems, like your active yep. pipe, yeah. do you think that's helped, especially the best agents in maintaining that relationship in a soft, warm way where, mm. you know, back in the day, you didn't know whether the person you were cold calling wanted to hear from you. Yep. Whereas with a lot of these systems now, you can tell mm. who's engaging with you without yep. engaging with you. And then you sort of have a confidence as an mm. agent, I would assume that if you call them, they've been waiting for the call. Like anything, whether it be social media, things don't work in unless you work. So their value add systems, I was still doing all those things without them, 
but it certainly makes it a bit easier. It's not a replacement. Yeah, You've got to be active. You've got to know your product because it's all well and good. Everyone looking at realestate.com, looking at these portals, but to know everything about the product they're looking at can be a real point of difference. How's the market going for you? I've never seen anything like it. I've been selling since 2006. I guess the higher end, I know that slowed a bit because it's the pool of buyers that maybe pre-COVID could afford a $2 million home is a lot smaller on the back of the interest rate rises. But without stating the obvious, people need a home and you've spoken about it. I listen to you on the radio. We have a bit of a crisis at the moment, but I think the legs in this market are just so different to what it was in 2014 where everything was mining related. When I did that podcast with Mark Boris, the same thing. I highlighted everything was, whether they're moving here for mining work, whether they're mining related industries. We're dealing with young families, all sorts of buyers that are seeing WA as a great place to live, have a great lifestyle at an affordable price point. And that's before migration because all this migration talk hasn't actually really happened. I just can't see it slowing. But well, it also, is what you're saying is it hasn't slowed since hasn't the last time. It hasn't slowed at all. Has it gotten even tighter it's since the last time? It's more competitive than it was last time we spoke. What I will say is I monitor numbers a lot. There was a bit of a lull in the market, which I think was November, early December, where people were waiting to see what happened in the new year and it didn't slow. So I think anything that's transacted probably late last year, I think you'll look back and think, was really good buying. I've seen that happen maybe the last three years in a row now where February, March is nearly a step change in price. Mm. People will say, oh, you know, people getting into the market from yep. school time. But I think there's a lot of factors that move into it. I think it is a psychological thing of starting the new year, setting goals. Mm-hmm. It is the weather. It is the lack of sports on the weekend. It is also that people were trepidatious coming into Christmas about where the new year is. Mm. They realized, no, this is a reality yeah. going forward. It's not falling away. It's time. And there's a bit of fear moving in mm. to that next cycle. It happens, seems to happen every year. Have you noticed that February, March yep. seems to have been... But one thing I've noticed, mm. especially came out of Brendan Ptolemy's mouth, was this year for the first time in a couple of years, this April, May period has actually ticked up again mm. rather than plateauing. Like last year yep. it plateaued. Mm. It feels like we're step-changing again what tends to happen is the new norm so people say oh look i'm just going to sit out for a bit because i'm sick of competing with other offers and then that doesn't change so i think over the christmas period a lot of people reset maybe their goals reset their plans and then it takes time to actually that come to fruition and that's what you're starting to see the stock levels being so tight at the moment i I really thought may would be we're fortunate enough we have a lot of past clients and we're listing a lot of homes still but the stock levels in the marketplace, I would have expected to come May because the interest rate rises. It's dropping more dramatically. It's just dropping dramatically, yeah. A lot of people that had that property, that not necessarily people with 20 properties, the mum and dads that maybe moved, let's just say, to Canningvale from Thornley, they can still afford to hold that home because the yields are still strong. And why wouldn't you? The why rest of us you? are telling you the market's yeah. going up. Why yep. wouldn't you hold? Why would you? Exactly right. Mobility. Yeah. I'm going to talk about that as a theme for mm. a second. You're talking to your clients every day. Mm-hmm. You're talking to buyers. What's the feel on the ground about people who are looking to sell but aren't selling because they can't find somewhere to buy? Is that a, becoming a real factor for It your is people? a real fact. The higher you go in prices, that's the, the big issue. So I only spoke to Sean Hughes who I work with about that. Like It's easy to say to Mr. Jones, we're going to get you a record price. But Mr. Jones is smart enough to know that he's also going to be paying a premium. And before you could take a chance and think, it is going to come to market. In the higher end properties, you don't necessarily need to sell in order to buy. So the stock doesn't free up. The entry level housing, where there's more stock coming, there's a good chance that if they're similar age, similar finishes, similar size block, if you miss out on 27 Smith Street, there's a very good chance 
19 might pop up in a couple of months. So we're going to a lot of our clients saying, look, if you could sell today, but we can get you a longer settlement, because there's so many investors that are buying those properties, the terms are very flexible, but they can go shopping knowing that they can secure a home as opposed to being a subject sale and just being gazumped every well, time. that's what I was going to ask you. Are you nearly having to reverse engineer your work at the moment? 100%. Where yeah. instead of someone coming to you with mm. a listing and you just finding a yep. buyer, you're actually going the other way and finding a seller and then finding yep. them a home? Yeah, so what typically I'll do, especially with people be moving, I'll put them in touch with the number one agent in that particular pocket and say, look, let's just say they're going to Beldivis. Make sure you speak to Elsie, let her know that I'm selling your property so she'll be confident it will sell. Be top of the database, work on a settlement time that works with you. When would you like to be there? And we'll reverse engineer to say, okay, well, if you want to be there by, let's say, September, you really need to be going to market July as opposed to coming in. Yes, this is what it's going to cost. This is what your property's worth. People need a plan, especially mm-hmm. in uncertain times. So we're really diving much deeper than the appraisal and sale process. I think it's the first time in a while where the bridging loan starts to come in again. We hadn't yeah. seen that in Perth for a no. very long time because mobility was never an mm. issue. Now it is. And value stacking too. That's the other thing. A lot of time the bridging finance, sometimes they're falling over because typically people thought their property was worth more than what it was. But the reality is that we're not seeing that at the moment. In fact, more often than not, they're more surprised yeah. because we've had that trend. So knowing the security is there, whether it be mum and dad, whether it be using the investment property, it's created more buyers in the marketplace, which has, again, made it more competitive. You mentioned that it, the top end of the market you're seeing mm. is a little bit softer on the buyer side. Yeah. Is that coming out in pricing as well? Like, are you still seeing growth? Are you seeing plateauing? Are you seeing even softening in the $1.5 to $2 million space? What's the outcome of slightly less affordability or slightly less people with the affordability only takes one buy to buy a house it takes one but it takes five to create a premium price Mm. so if those people aren't prepared to go shopping knowing that they need to find a home that's where i think the depth of buyers probably eased a bit there's everyone with the right intent but problematically they need to know well what if we do sell where are we going to go i think once you get two million plus they're probably not as susceptible to interest rate rises and things cash like that. anyway. The yeah. cash. But that sort of section between there, it's, it's, it's like, it's when do you jump? It's people who are our age, right? Mm. It's couples in their 30s with the young family mm. and the golden retriever who mm. a year and a half ago, two years ago, their mate was buying at mm. 2 million Wembley. Yeah. Now that same person is probably only getting 1.6 and they're mm. scratching head going, how do I make one plus one equal three? I can't see that changing for a bit, just purely for the fact that those tightly held areas, the reason the prices are great, is because they're tightly held. Everyone wants to They don't to need to sell. They don't need to sell. Exactly right. Um, where do you go from, if you're living in Cottesloe, where do you go from Cottesloe? So there's not a lot of upside pressure maybe in the two mil space, but mm. there's also not a lot of downside pressure because they don't need to sell more than buyers need to buy anyway. It's actually a pretty healthy market, but it's frustrating for a lot of people through those areas because they want to move and they've got this grand plan, but they just can't make it happen. And they know they'll get a great price for theirs and they're willing to pay a great price for the next one. It's just not coming. We've seen the green shoots of that through... Mm through Apple Cross for mm. like a couple of years mm. ago. And now that's yep. starting to filter down to more of the second tier yeah. in, in yep. WA. Uh, I don't think we're ever going to have that in the third and fourth tier because there's so much product there. Yeah. But what you're talking about in the lack of transactions at that higher mm. price, not because of affordability, but because of mobility, yeah. is what Brendan told me reference when it comes to the median house price too. He spoke of the reason we're not seeing material increases in our median house price mm. price across Perth is not because suburbs are not having step changes in their price. It's mm. because the volume is way skewed yeah. towards the four to 500 space at the mm. moment because that's where the mobility is. And a lot of those suburbs, I guess, when that first sale at, say, Shenton Park went for 2.5 million, 
that was like, wow, that's out of the box. It becomes the new norm, and then obviously it goes again. But yeah, I just can't see that changing for a while. The only environment where sales prices drop in a suburb mm. is where sellers need to sell more mm. than buyers need to buy. Yeah. Yep. And that is just in mm. no way the case given yep. the metrics of availability of property in the sales mm. and the rental space as well. Probably six months ago, last time we spoke, actually, I could see the secondhand strata sort of properties, villas, apartments, because nothing's coming out the ground. Yeah, they're below replacement costs. They're below replacement. They become good value. So I'm saying to owners, if you really want to get a premium price, put some paint in there, spend a bit of money in the gardens. You'll get a phenomenal result. <laughs> you were just on the phone 20 yeah. minutes ago saying that to a yeah. prospective buyer. Yeah. Let's talk about segue into the investment space mm-hmm. for a second. I guess it will be the investment space if it's not people flying across. Mm. But six months ago, I asked you what percentage of people are calling you from the East Coast. And mm-hmm. you said half. Yeah. Who all end up being buyers, essentially. They will yep. transact. Where's the number now? I would say 65%. It's actually increased. Why? They've seen what's happened over East. They don't want to be the only idiot. They missed out back home. And they know, obviously, till recently, they're, they're starting to see some recovery in the Sydney market. It seems to have stabilized. Dead count bounce for me, yep. anyway. That's potentially the case. But they know that eventually prices can't be at 2014 levels. When I was in just, we we're doing a podcast with Crib Creative, and I was speaking to Justin probably two years ago about the market. He was like, well, how can we be back at 2007 prices when it's 2021? It can't happen. But if you're not in the market and it goes quickly, and that's what people are seeing, that the fear of missing out is there amongst those investors. They know they're getting the yields. They've seen what's happened over there. That's probably the biggest thing. But what I will say, the buyers here, they're still making inquiries, but not actually doing something about it. The uptake of inquiry to offer is, I'd say, 50%. So 50% of the people calling me from over east will actually write an offer. Two reasons. One, they have the money. They've got the equity. And two, they've seen this play before. We still think for some reason buyers are saying, I'll wait for it to cool. I'll wait for it to cool. Yeah, there is still a few. Um, I feel I've that just it sold will that. balance back out like, like um, build crisis, for yeah. example. That property we've just sold, I mentioned where they had a change of circumstances, settled on the Friday. We sold it on the Monday. He's had the property for three days. We sold it for 30000 more than what he transacted at. He'd owned the property for less than a week. Mm. Is it worth that? Well, if the market's willing to pay that and there's not enough supply of that particular product, that is the market. Has the percentage of East Coast buyers increased because you're getting more quantum of East Coast buyers or less West Australian buyers? Which one is it? No, definitely more uh, an increase of East Coast buyers. I would average at least 20 calls a day from Eastern States-based people. And you know what? The direct. This is what we need. This is what we're looking I for. I could hear it on the phone before. Yeah. yeah. It's like They're, they had a spreadsheet of questions. Yeah, it's to like ask a job you. interview. It's quite funny. Sometimes there's a little stream in a suburb that you don't even think is a river. And they're like, Shane, because of the issues of the floods over there. Shane, I noticed on Google Maps, there's that river. It would well, like, be the Canning River in Gosnell. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. The southern where it meets. What oh, is that flood? I said, well, I used to go yabbying there as a kid. And I've never seen it more than ankle deep. But <laughs> yeah. I understand your concerns. I wish there was more water there. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they're really doing their research. Perfect example where years ago, to think you'd actually create that energy around a property. The worst thing I hear in real estate, oh, it's only been on the market for a week, Shane. What else is out there? When I first started in 2006, You'd have to wait till the paper on a Friday night to get an idea of where the home opens are, or you'd go to the front of the real estate office. This information, as soon as I list a property, I can put it in front of realistically 1,000 people within five minutes. So it's so fast-paced. Not to say you still don't have to have a process to ensure you're still getting top price, but yeah, it's pretty frantic at the moment. 
How many offers are you getting per property right now? Seven. Where was that at at Christmas time? Probably half. July last year, probably six or seven. Yeah. Christmas, definitely. There was a bit of a low, and I think people were waiting to think it will pull back. And they're like, With interest oh, rates. Okay. Yeah. Interest rates. And probably we've seen a couple of false starts. This is different. Stock levels don't lie. Yeah. It's simple as that. It Average. is cool to have you come in. I know we chat on the phone a bit, mm. but it's cool to have you come in and a top real estate agent is corroborating the same experiences mm. that the top valuer in Perth is having. Yeah. Having, And they're not, you're not talking to each other, no. right? But you're, you're both saying the same thing mm. to me that it feels like it's happening again. Yeah. When I started in 2006, average days got down to 13, which is basically where we're at now. It is, yeah. What I say to people, stock level wasn't as low. There was actually 3,800 properties in total, but... At the time, Bell Divers didn't exist, yeah. Allenbrook didn't exist, Averley didn't exist, Alcamos didn't exist. Perth was half the size. Yeah. So if you actually compare it now... Yeah, per capita, we are way lower. It's scary in that yeah. regard. I think it's about 3,800 properties established on the market, give or take. Take land out of that. Basically, if nothing else came to market in less than a month, there's nothing left. 90 people a day are coming into the mm. state right yep. now. We're selling 1,000 properties a week mm. and we're bringing on about 800. Mm. Like We're losing 200 properties yeah. a week yep. right now. Yep. So it doesn't take a genius to figure out we're not that many weeks away from mm. literally having... I yep. mean, this won't happen, obviously, because mm. it balances at some point, but having no stock yep. available at all. You were talking a year ago about how, and this is widely understood, that a lot of the issues we had in 2020 and 21 was a lot of stock that was coming on mm. was the junk stock that people couldn't get rid of yeah. uh, in, in the investment space. Mm. That started to change a little bit now in that, well, there's not much coming on at, mm. at, in the first place, but people for the first time starting to think about renovation as a strategy mm. too. Have you seen yeah. that? Without a doubt. And for the first time in quite a while, you're actually getting return on investment plus some. But again, because if you went and brought, let's say use Canningvale example to find a block in Canningvale to try and build on it, there was just no way you could remotely get within Kui of what you could get if you updated a home and maybe make it more appealing to a young buyer because you put a new kitchen in, nice splashback, stone tops, so it doesn't feel like mum and dad's place. You, you're going to get a great result. I expect to see the renovations continue because again, if they can't find something, they can create it especially with those better areas because people tend not to leave Wembley or City Beach. So, or Gosnells. Yeah, they, they're happy there. They want to be there. Yeah. Um, so you'll, you'll start to see a lot more of that continue, um, which will also have an impact on, I guess, the pricing through the areas. Like I just saw one this week. It was a really nice home. 595000 for a 4x2 in Gosnells. I don't Seven think offers. we could have that conversation two years no, ago. No, We were so, talking about strong mm. prices in the 400s. We're reaching yeah. the mid-fours trend. Yeah. Brendan had that same comment a couple of weeks ago about Huntingdale. Mm. Bought a property for 400, yeah. renovated it for yeah. 100, and then sold it for 600. I, I just yeah. don't think we would be able to have those conversations about 600s mm. in, the, in the Huntingdale region and no. that would resonate And the depth of buyer. It's not like someone popped up and made a mistake. There is solid depth. It's a really good point, actually. A lot of the Eastern States buyers have now realized, you know, the old Autovel thing that pops up on properties. Yep. It's really important to highlight when you are getting caught up on those. If you keep missing out on really good properties, you've got to remember it won't factor in corner lots, subdivision, renovations you've really got to do your own research so we're seeing a lag i had one the other day that we sold for 450 the auto valve thing that you see on the bottom of domain was 363 yeah and that was because a mortgagee sale went last on that street that was uninhabitable probably more first home buyers get caught on that sometimes the broker will print off the auto valve to help 
the young child out yeah, who's still buying quasi buyer's yeah. agent with a bit of bra- yeah. bravado and saying yeah uh, don't pay more than this and yeah. this, that's the issue right yeah. is that the mm. mindset of especially first home mm. buyers in western australia is don't pay more than this mm. don't mm. get ripped off so i think about the people now that probably missed out by five grand july last year it's probably cost them 50 it's pretty I've, crazy i've got friends who missed out by 10 grand in yeah. 2019 it's cost yeah. them 400 and they, and they still probably waiting. can't remember what if that buyer for that property if you actually said to them would you pay for it they'll go oh probably nine round numbers yeah. yeah yeah the person that missed out will never forget it and that's the irony of decision making is we we're so micro at the time mm. the second we live in it where yeah. we start to forget the quantitative mm. outcomes and yeah. we feel the qualitative outcomes because at the end of the day whilst we're trying to make good financial decisions the outcome is our livelihoods yeah. so it's scary to think someone could miss out on their dream home but they're going to bali in three months and they're going to spend five grand on a trip but they get caught up on $1,800 between maybe securing a property. At that time, it's a big deal. But with anyone buying at the moment, if you see a property you like, if you look at that property and you found out three months later it went for 981 and you would have paid that, you're going to kick yourself. So only compete with yourself and start to pay what you believe it's worth. Don't so much worry about what you're competing with. And that is the reality right now. I said the same thing to a friend of mine in the planning space just today. They mm. wanted to spend a meal. I said, don't be afraid to spend 1.1. 1. 1. Mm. It won't be the end of the world in Vic Park yeah. or South Perth. Mm. The rental space, you're building yourself a little rent roll. It's coming yeah. along quite well. Yeah. That, How's your experience going with regards to dealing with tenant applications, yeah. pricing? There's a couple of things. I think for landlords, I've got property myself. I think about four years ago, one of my tenants was about two months behind and I was like, look, potentially it's the best of a bad bunch. We didn't have some great applications, so you work with them. The tenants at the moment, they're fantastic actually really good people have sold their home and they're having to rent it's ultra competitive so landlords can actually get to choose who they want to take their home as opposed to just anyone we just had a property which sold 300,000 a 2005 built villa we always give really conservative numbers when it comes to the buying phase because we don't want people to be short as much as people want it to be high when you go to market if you get a great surprise that that's that's great we said 450 per week so that's on 300 grand six applications went for 500 a week on a 200 square meter three by two 2005 original villa three hundred thousand dollar villa yep getting rented for 500 a week yep one around the corner went for 275 three months ago that's just been leased at 450 a week that's an eight and a half percent yield chain yeah and realistically, they're probably going to get growth with that. That's the other thing. Well, you'd expect capital growth, but given the fact that that same villa will cost $300,000 to build, yes. let alone the land price. Yep. And we spoke about that six months ago. Exactly right. So these are so still available. They're still available. But I think that space is going to close really quickly as people start to go, well, hang on a minute, if I'm getting that return and it's going to cost that to build, why wouldn't I jump in? Because nothing is coming out the ground. And I can't see that changing for a while. That is the new base. Yeah. You know, so. and exactly right. And, and I can tell you from my perspective as a developer, mm. there is nothing coming out of the ground anytime mm. soon in the investment stock space. Mm. In, to be frank, around the median house price, mm. the only stock, ironically, that can come to market, that is coming to market, is Western Suburbs. Yep. It's the only place where the buyer pool has the ability to pay the premium the developer had to pay to get it off the ground in the first place. Mm. If you are not but to be frank, above $900,000, it's very hard for any developer to make anything stack up. Yeah. Given the fact that any three by two now is probably costing the better part of $300,000 to get up Mm. in the first place, just for the build. The land component at a minimum is probably $250,000 in most 
infill mm. areas. You're not going to get 300 square meters or 270 square meters even in any suburb, to be frank, for less than 250 grand. So we're at mm. 550 now just to build something. Mm. There are still so many properties on the market that are three to five years old that are less than that 550. Why yeah. would you build as an investor if you could just buy established, all landscaped, ready to go for 480 mm. or 520 without having to wait? Yeah. So some of the, the the prices on that villa space, which was there was an oversupply in 2014, but they went for great prices. Some of those went between 380 and 410 for a three by two on an R40 lot. So for those that aren't aware of R40, you're probably working around 220 square meters. That today is still selling for about 340. So it's still under what it sold in 2014. In Gosnells. Basically that southeast corridor. East Cannington, you'll still get under what they sold for in 2014. St. James, you will. I do believe there's great value through that, that corridor. Yeah, that St. James Bentley space, they mm. got absolutely smashed in Did value. Incredible. They're coming back though. Yeah. The issue is, again, a lot of those development blocks, you just can't get them off the ground. Mm. I've seen so many vacant full blocks sold mm. in Bentley and St. James mm. because you can see the developers demolish the house yep. and go on, I can't make this stack up. Yeah, actually when they get the real pricing. It comes um, back to market yeah. just trying to get their money back. So I know there's some apartments in Bentley that sold for 450 each in 2014. Now they're probably still 100 grand under what they sold for. Are they the good buying? Well, people can take a chance on them, but the reality is if anything else is going to come out of the ground, it's not going to be at that price point. It's impossible. That's exactly right. Leadable, mm. one by one apartment on mm. Oxford Street. 2013 sold mm. for $455,000. Yep. Just sold for 350. Yep. So people feel oh, I feel like I've missed the boat. Well, certain sections you may have missed the boat a bit, but I think there's some little pockets that you can do really well. And th- those pockets, I think people will start to catch on eventually. The theme here seems yep. to be replacement value. 100%, you can yeah. find yep. properties where clearly the replacement value is higher than mm. that prevailing land plus build price. Yep you're on a winner. We're getting a lot of people still inquire about trying to get off market. Obviously, a lot of the buyer agents are wanting to do off market deals. Is that even a reality? Are you a good sales agent? And I mean this without being facetious. Mm. Are you a good sales agent if you were selling off market in this market, Shane? Only if the circumstances of the seller are more important than the price. And what I say by that is if you need a home, but you've got a plan and you're like, look, we need to know that we can sell, but we need X amount of time. That is something that price doesn't come into it. That's a really important lifestyle for whatever reason. You know, you're in between jobs or what have you. So circumstance must outweigh price. I see nothing great about agents, and I'm probably going to get a few people angry here, but promoting sold off market. Or sold in two days. Let's dissect it. If you're on the market, you're an owner of a property, you come to me and say, I'm thinking about selling. Then I take you a buyer. You're not really off market. You've actually engaged to the selling process. You just haven't promoted it everywhere. Mm. I see an off-market is literally, I knock on your door, Mr. Jones, you don't know me, but we have someone who might be interested in your yeah, home. Yeah, buyer-driven. Buyer-driven, yeah. that's right. So, so really it's sold without promotion. Sold without promotion. Yeah. Am I, am Which I is right? the worst thing a seller does you can well, would in be doing like in this, this market. Yeah. Again, unless the circumstances are there where the seller knows, needs privacy, we might get out there. Needs privacy. Yeah. Those things are bigger drivers than price quite often. Is so, it happening much though? In your fraternity? I'm not letting it happen a lot of time with, unless I have that scenario. Have colleagues who are saying it's happening We're not, still? Look, we explain to a seller, and any agent I think would explain, here's the pros and cons of both. But privacy and circumstance are probably the main driver of why you wouldn't actually go to market. It's good to finally see owners be rewarded for their effort for paying a mortgage for 10 years and actually getting a return at settlement because I had countless owners for so long across all suburbs that, 
I had one went through a separation. They had eight or nine properties. Every one of them was rocking up with a check to, in order to settle, which is heartbreaking. Mm. Okay, So I think it's great to finally see owners. And whilst you see in the news that housing crisis and all these things, for so long owners in WA, myself included, have been paying mortgage, paying land tax, paying all these rates, turnover of tenants and not getting any rewards. So I'm, I'm glad to see those mum and dads and those investors finally get rewarded. And I say that knowing that Channel 9 won't say that potentially, or be, but I get to see the tears of those people that have lost a job and they've got an investment property and that pain is, it's not been nice. So to actually see them come through the other side and finally get rewarded or even get their money back, it's just really rewarding to see. <laughs> My pick, and I'll keep saying it, is that by the end of this cycle, mm. our median sits at 700,000. Mm. Imagine a situation in a year and a half, mm. two years time shame where we're consistently talking about a suburb like Gosnells, mm. for example, mm. where it's pretty hard to find anything under half a mil. Yeah, and it will get there. It's possible. It will get there. Shane, thanks so much for coming in, mate. It's really been quite a uh, candid conversation, as always, about the lived experience of buyers and sellers across the median house price, especially in Western Australia. Uh, themes from today, don't try and grab a deal. Get in the market if you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a seller, bring it to market. Make sure your agent's working hard for you because you will be pleasantly surprised. Things are still selling under replacement cost and that's where a lot of the value is. And if you don't need to sell right now, the market is still looking very strong, especially mm-hmm. in that Armadale line space going forward. Without a doubt. Thanks, Jane. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show. If you've only just joined the conversation, you can catch up by heading over to our website, perthpropertyshow.com.au, subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page. Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!